Good evening, everyone. Okay, go again to page five of your main copy. We're looking at the Magad of Ram, which was discussing the knife and the barzel, whether it's dafka iron, whether it's copper. Take a look at the Magad of Ram again in Sifkat and Dalit on the right side on page five. He's going on the Machaber in Sifheg. The Machaber says, to cover it. You can also take it off the table. The minig was not to cover it on Shabbat's Yantiv, and we've been trying to figure out what the chilik would be. So Magad Avram says, in Dalad, we saw this last 10 seconds of the shir, Datam Mishum, Shashokhan Daimlaz Bech Mazbech Siv Lasanafalayan Barzel Ubashabis Ain Bain Mazbech Valeka Remez the Mazbech. Can't build the Mazbech on Shabbos. And therefore there's no remez to the Mazbech. And therefore there's no Isser of keeping Barzel there. Eli, as you had asked, why do we focus on benching? We should not have the metal on the table the entire time. And the answer is perhaps, but same reason they had metal in the Basemitish to Shacht animals, Barzel. Just be very careful near the Mizbeach. Practically, they needed it. There's no Isser, it's just a Remez. So most people use knives when they eat, and uh, often, depending on the thickness of the steak and its toughness, you need knives. So not going to answer knives because the whole thing's not answer. Benching represents the Spitz uh, high point of the Suda when you get to bench. Some people bench because they just ate, and some people eat so they can bench. Everything's a choice in life. So you should also eat to keep body and soul together. It's healthy, but have in mind it's an opportunity to make brachas, say it with kavana. So, Lamaisa, the Magad says the Shulchan is not as daimed to Mizbeach and Shabbos because you can't build the Mizbeach and Shabbos. Fizeh goes on to say, Dafke Basak and assuming like the Ramban, we didn't say anybody argues yet that the Gzeisakos of the Isser of being made of Barzel is only Barzel, which is iron, steels an alloy with some mixtures, but mostly iron. And it's only Barzel, not any other metal. Bavush says the minig was to cover the knife both on Shabbos Yantav and during the weekday. And there weren't Mechala between the weekday where they did and Shabbos Yantav where they didn't. Take a look at the next page on page 6. You'll see the Shevet Alevi for Avosner. And he has two interesting comments. Why would you cover them during the week? During the week because we don't want to be maramis to a knife which is metal, which is used as a weapon to shorten life. And the Mizbeach, which is Shulchan Daimetu, is lengthening life. And the question over here is, why did they do that? Shabbat Ziyantiv. So I'm saying it's not Daimet because there's no Binyan Mizbeach on Shabbos Yantiv. The Rav is going to ask on that in a moment. So take a look. Just the piece before, which I briefly mentioned last night, going back to the crumbs. That's how we got on to the sugi here, where we were talking about crumbs, less than gazayas, and keeping them from getting wet, so sweeping them away before you wash my mechrenim. Sort of a gzera, atu, where there might be more than a gazayas, but bad there's nothing wrong with getting them wet. Just don't step on them. Somebody emailed today, and a young father, and he's trying to be careful. And he's following the shear, and he says, what should I do? My kids throw everything overboard, which kids I want to do. And there's crumbs throughout the Suda, and he doesn't know how feasible it is to sweep up in the middle of the, in the, middle of the Suda three times or four times. 
and which is understandable. You have to bring a broom and constantly work besides the other work you do with feeding the kids and eating yourself. <laughs> and it can get difficult. On the other hand, people do get up in the middle of the Sudha and walk around. Now, that's dangerous because everybody's made the less than gazayas, more than gazayas. It does make a difference. You can't step on crumbs. So I didn't answer him yet. And the uh, answer is, got to try your best. And if your kids are throwing crumbs overboard, they're probably throwing entire pieces of bread or jelly sandwiches overboard, in which case you'll see them and you won't step on them anyway. And you don't have to be worried about things you can't see. You don't have to be cheshish there, crumbs. He must have very good kids. They're only throwing crumbs overboard. Most of the time, it's way big, bigger than a gazayas. So... You don't, the answer is you don't have to spend the suda obviously looking in the ground, making sure there are no crumbs. If you see or if you know they're there, don't step there at least. So he says in the first paragraph, the first bracket. Isn't it though a bizarre to even have them on the floor? Yes, that would be the next question. Do you have to spend the whole suda picking them up? But you, you don't, and it's worse. Again, it was less than a gazayas. Technically, you can leave it there because the design only is more than a gazayas but we stop by stepping on them. That's, that nobody allows on any size, and that's why uh, it's a problem. But you should be careful. I mean, just raise the awareness, like the whole Sugi of Bizayin Eichlin and Baltashchis, the question of raising the awareness of the chashivas of food, which we lack here in America because of the abundance. So uh, it is something to keep uh, at least an awareness of. But he points out in the first paragraph, second line, and you put things in water, they're not ruined, as you pointed out. They're soggy. So what? Some people do that in the olden times, uh, standard, because they were often half stale. So you make them a little soggy, and then you could swallow them. Some people do that with matzah, if you eat kebrooks. I thought that was a very interesting point. He says, the chilik here, we're worried you're washing my machrenim, and then it spills onto the bread. Said, that might be as bad as stepping on them. Magravram obviously holds not so. Magravram says, no, stepping on them is a bazillion. It's not a dinner ruining them. He would agree, my machrenim with the Ruach Tumah might ruin them, but still not as big a bazillion if it's less than Gazai, so stepping on them. But an interesting point, uh, we, you don't want to drink your. Negavasa water in the morning, and you don't want to drink your Maimachonim water either. Which one's worse? I don't know. I don't want to try either of them, but you don't want it to get on anything. Okay, let's go back to the Mazbech. Next one. Simon Kuvpe, Magadam Sitz Kandal. Mazbech, Siv, La Sana, Falayan Barzel. Upeshabas, Ebenem Mazbech, Veleka Remez, La Mazbech. And Magadam says, therefore, we don't have to cover the knife because there's no Remez. So he says, Mavazna says he doesn't really understand that svar. Again, this is like many of our sugyas, a little bit of nigla, a little bit of nister. There's nothing to do with the son of Barzal, the Yisad Rais, of not using Barzal to cut the stone when you build it. That's Osir. It's not limited to that. If you happen to walk by and accidentally the knife you did Jeshita with bumped into the Evan that is bare, that Evan is puzzled and you have to take it out. That all sorts of things going on with knives and Shechita and Shabbos also, and therefore you 
have an issue if you bump into it. So what does that have to do with Binyan? That's number one. Vimna Fireshem Binyan Bashabis. So you say maybe the Mughal of Ram meant a little deeper. Aim Bechinas Mizbeach, meaning Bechinas is always a turn around, Kabbalah, that uh, since he can't build it, it doesn't have the full status of the focus on the Mizbeach on Shabbos Yantav, and therefore you don't have to worry about the Ramiz with the knife. He says he finds that concept of Pinister a very difficult application over here. I thought that was a, also a very fascinating point. Come out that Apinister, your Shulchan is more diamond than Be'ach on Tuesday than it is on Shabbos? It's less Halig on Shabbos? That's what's, if you want to say that shot in the Mangan of Ram, first shot, they didn't build on Shabbos, doesn't make a difference, you can possibly it by touching it with a knife. So you want to say, you don't build on Shabbos, it's a simon that we, we're not really into the mitzvah of. The Mizbeach on Shabbos, first of all, it's used, and second of all, it would come out that the Shulchan is less daimit than the Mizbeach on Shabbos than it is during the week, which is taka chiddush, but that's what Magavram seems to be saying, and that's what he's asking. Now, the point we're up to is this limited to iron. So he points out that very possibly there's a taste of Zuchulim, which we'll see in a moment. I'll explain when we see the taste of why he says it's only mashma. Tesis has a kasha, had they built a mezbeach with rocks that are smooth enough for the mezbeach, if you can't use iron, it's not going to cut very smoothly. Vititsu and Tesis after a shaki v'tayir will answer, they got smooth pebbles from a stream. Ever go to a stream like uh, Delaware River or something? The water keeps flowing and flowing and it makes these nice smooth rocks over time. So if you take those... Tesis, we'll see in a moment, is going to suggest those are smooth and maybe they use those because if you can't use iron to cut it, it's not going to be very smooth and it's possible even a tiny nick, as we'll see in a moment. You could get out of it by saying that Tesis is bothered by the fact that despite the fact that you can use nechashis, you can use copper, you can use anything else, it's not going to make the same smooth cut as Barzal, so had they built the Mizbeah? Tesis is a very basic kasha. Had they built the Mizbeah, according to the sister. Take a look at the next page, you'll see the Tesis. Page 7. Chulun Yudchesim and Aleph. Top Tesis. Kama Begimah Samizbeah Kadei Shatach Batzibarin, which is a very, you know, like when you uh, check knives for Shrita, run your. Uh, when your fingers on it, when you're nailing it, a very, very tiny nick will passel the sakim shechita and will passel the shechita. And the Gemara says over here, the same shear applies to the rocks used in this bath. That means they have to be very, very, very smooth. Picture you're checking, never check knives, but check a knife, the slightest begima. That in Shlachthaus, there are many things that could go wrong. Mitzvah Hashem, Baruch Hashem, they don't go wrong and have people checking. But they have to stop every once in a while after X amount of shechitas to check the knives because the knives get begimas. And they can be very slight and they could puzzle. So Tesis wants to know, Im Tamar, Hech Banu HaMizbeach. Pretty basic kasha. How'd they build the Mizbeach? How'd they get the rocks to be so smooth? 
איך בנו מזבח? תענה ימצאו אבונים בלב פגימו. We are going to find rocks that are naturally so smooth. You can't use barzel, which does a good job, because then it's a derisa. You're all thinking the shamir. This says, he finds it hard to imagine that Tziparin, as talented as, the, as that worm is, is going to secrete enough that it's going to cut and it's not going to be jagged, it's going to be completely smooth. This year, Kadesh Atachav Tziberin is very, very, very slight. So he says he don't, doesn't think uh, it's a Shamir and he doesn't think they come naturally like that. So he's asking a Shaila and Chumash, how'd they build the Mizbeach? Pretty basic Shaila for a Tesis, no? Skip down. The next back of Yeshlamer, Perkez, and Makaim, and Mashma, Shabona, Samba, Vonokatan, Chalukas, Shalah, Hayabahem, Shum, Begima, Kigoin, Chaluke, Avonim, Shel, Nachal. By the way, according to this Teretz, this Teretz should remind you of your brand new kitchen counter if you have one. You would think the Mizbeach has to be Avonim that are sort of square, so you build the Mizbeach from the bottom to the top, and it's all stone. If you get these smooth little round rocks that you go and chalamoid to the river and you pick them out and then you try skimming them and you have a whole contest, I assume that's you do chalamoid. It's better than skeet shooting and all the other rifle activity. Uh, so they're very good. The smoother they are, the lighter they are. They're not exactly square, not square at all. So how do you build them? What do you put in between? Taste is suggesting the mezbeach looked like what? Yeah, but there's, without this thesis, you would think it's like mostly rock with a little filler, which we'll get back to when we get to our sidewalk from last week. According to this, it's like 80-20, 70-30. These rocks don't match up to anything. You gotta, that's a chiddish, and not everybody agrees. Thesis is trying to guess like how they do this. I don't know why it's not more beferish, but apparently thesis holds it's not. I'm not asking for our modern-day picture books of the Mishkan where they have renderings of what they think it looked like. But this is a lot of filler. I mentioned your counters because the most common Shaila during the year, if I get the Shaila, I know they're about to put in a counter. And if I get it before Pesach, they put it in, could be six months ago, and now they're asking, can they kasher? So can you kasher stone? The answer is absolutely yes. Can you kasher these counters? They're supposed to be marble? Not so push it. Ah, it's marble? Well, I sort of have to, when they don't really know with the surprise, I have to try to figure out how much they paid. So you say, how much you paid? Well, it depends how much counter space. There's the real deal, which is cut marble, straight from Shlomo Melch's quarry. And then there's the pseudo marble, which I'm sure it looks very nice. Don't, uh, don't tell your wife we're, uh, we're saying it doesn't, uh, doesn't fit the chashivas, but it's made of many different pieces of rock with a lot of filler. That filler is often silicon, plastic, sealed to silicon, other stuff. <coughs> the rest of the stuff that's in there is not so pushy. You can kasher. There's a big debate within kasher plastic the whole year. Some say the whole year you can and culture can't pay off. Some say you can't and culture can't pay off. And, and I usually tell people the rest of the year you can kasher. I wouldn't kasher it on Pesach. However, before you panic, we're holding already by Hanukkah. That's when they start baking matzahs. So. 
The year goes by very quickly. If you have it already, uh, there are, if you really don't want to cover it, some people have a minute to cover it, and that's a safer way to go, perhaps, but if you don't want to, and it really adds to your simchas you can make an argument that it didn't really get that treif, klishene, klishlishi, and what really happened, and, and their sheets is all you can. I make it serious, and everybody has to ask their own shayla, and I think everybody here has asked their own shayla. It's a very common shayla. So they ask before they put it in, and I've suggested to a couple of people, why don't you get the real marble? And they said, they'll check it out. And then I usually get a call back and say, you know, this stuff is expensive. So I was sort of expecting that. And I guess not in the budget, not in the budget. So that's part of the issue, but there's a lot of filler in it. So now Tyson is suggesting there's a lot of filler in the Mizbeach. Okay, interesting. I'm not, no time, I'm just wondering if that's the Messiah. What? I, I, wanted, I think I read last year, uh, before Pesach, that there's some people hold that you don't need to kosher stuff. Well, that's what I'm mentioning. There's a, no, you need to kosher it if it got compromised. I'm saying another sniff local is that what got compromised in your counter is not as bad as what compromised in your sink because it's often a cliche and a cliche. That's why it's a possible sniff local added to the other sheet that you can kosher plastic. But Shaila is halachat chila, habadiyabit. But we'll save that for Pesach. Yeah. It's clear from the Gemara here. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the Gemara says, uh, Right. And then so, it keeps so why going is that. It, that's important. So mm-hmm. This is by stone, this is by seed. Right. So it's clear from the Gemara there was quite because, a bit of seed there. Uh, yeah, I just didn't think. Tais didn't think either, by the way, because this terrace is not agreed upon because Tais himself is going to admit in a moment that some say that Shamir did a very nice job and Shamir was sort of half miraculous, whatever shot in that worm was. And if it cut through stone, and maybe it cut very well and very smooth. It's not clear that this is muchach. That's all. It's, it's possible and there's nothing wrong with it. But it's just interesting that you wouldn't expect in a thesis is discussing what the construct of it was in terms of what type of stone. It's a very big difference between square stones you can cut with a shamir and have it fit nicely like brick you know, as you're building versus stones that don't match anything because they're all different oval shapes. Mishnah Midas describes that they actually made a, a wooden mold yeah. and they filled it up with stone. So why was that? So why was that necessary? No, T- well, is well, saying, you're right, saying why is Tyson struggling with it? Right. It's, it's, isn't it uh, sort of Befeder described in? I mean, Tyson just said it's not a cash at all. Instead of having a whole long Tyson, just said they're little things with a lot of filler. I think that the stones they got from the Shamir were different sizes. I don't know why that would be. Depend- we, we, don't, we don't know how the Shamir did his job and how good a job it did. That's really part of the issue over here. So it's, that is assuming that they had different sizes and they had to fill in something. This is assuming you had to fill in a lot. Do you ever go get smooth stones from the riverbed? They're all sorts of different sizes and shape, but they don't, they're not interlocking pieces. So the question is how much. Tesis brings the next line. Miu Kasha, Gabi Beisamitish Ksiv, Evan. So the question is, what does Shamir play the role? The question is, at what point, uh, at the quarry, later on, what was it doing and how smooth was it? And those are the options. What's the raya from this thesis? What is he trying to bring at first? The Shevet Lev is trying to say, Rabban says, there's only a problem in the Issa, the Reis, Amikar, Adin, without any Chumas, Midrabonon, with Barzel, and you can use any other metal. So then why don't they use what's Tasis' problem with the issue of the smoothness? Use another metal that cuts well and you make it smooth. So LMI, he says, it sounds like Tasis holds that this is the racer and any metal, not just Barzo. 
And the prima godem is matre, he says, no, maybe the other metals are usable, but they don't do a very good job, and it's not going to be smooth. So Tesis assumes that, and therefore um, he's not going to suggest that answer, and that's why he comes on to the smooth stones or the shamir. That's the debate here in the Tesis. So we don't have anybody beferish arguing with the Ramban. You could say Tesis does argue, but the Ramban takes his dove of to only Barzal. So back to our question from last night. Why Barzal? So Rashi and Ramban both say because Barzal represents destruction and death and war, and that's Makatsa Yamov, and Nezbech represents Kapara, and Karban Eila, Karban Shlamim, and Chatas, and coming close to Hashem, and Shalom, Karban Shlamim. And it's the exact opposite, so it doesn't belong. Then the Ramban gave us a clue last night, and it represents Esav, and Esav is terrible, and we don't want the Sitra Acher, and we don't want uh, the Sashal Esav, and all they represent. Sounds like there's something big about the Vendetta Dafka against Esav as opposed to all the other Umazaylam. If you think about it for a moment, the Umazaylam, there's 69 other ones, and they did a lot of damage, various Umas throughout history, the Mitzrayim, and uh, the Greeks are coming up in a few weeks, and uh, others. If I would ask you just off the cuff, well, you know you're being set up to the question per the sugya, but would you say Esav is the Rishon uh, Rishon for all the damage or most of the damage representing Cherev, Chorbun, and all the things that are terrible that don't belong on the Mizbeah? So Amban, in just a few sentences last night, said, yeah, that's Esav. And everybody else represents bad things, but not nearly as bad. Fascinating idea, which if you turn to page 8, I will show you there's a medrash that says that came out by Favish. Very fascinating medrash rabba. Why would we be allowed to use barzel at all at the table? If the table represents- so that's a, he asked that, and the answer is you've got to eat steak. I mean, you don't have to eat steak. You can eat soy if you want, but right. you've got to um, use a knife to cut things. It's, uh, it's, it's, too, it's not us or just the remis. We try at least by benching, which is the high point of the suda. That's the, that's the concept. So the Rabban mentioned something about this representing Esav, which means that's the Avi of Esatuma. Now, Amalek came from Esav, but we're not just talking about Amalek over here. So this is um, fascinating, and it's, it's very apropos to us. We're living in the shadow of Esav for a long time. Baruch Hashem, these farm organizations talk about... Um, which in this context is, has to be integrated and understood, but there's a better form of Esav and a worse form. If you would just see the measures we're about to see, which we will see, it doesn't look like there's any better form, but there are different points of Gullahs where clearly, as Esav goes from the Romans, who did, uh, certainly from a physical point of view, the most substantial damage, the aggregate of history, People who were born in the last 20, 30 years just say the Arabs are our main Arabs. That's a recent issue, which is foretold. And there's a Galish also, which is before Tukufa Samashir at all. It all fits in. We have many Makaris for this. But Esav is the main issue, not just Amalek. And yes, in Vayishlach is uh, the Zachi, the Esav, which one's more damaging to Klai Israel? Look at the numbers in any uh, countries where there's complete acceptance and no core critical mass of Yidin, and the assimilation rate of the entire day is like 80 90%. They're just disappearing. Look at any, if any, any Jews left, if it's a very small concentration, and there is complete acceptance, it says, great, we finally got rights, and they don't bother us, there are no more pogroms, that's great if it doesn't lead to everybody disappearing. So, we're, Baruch Hashem, thus far to see the nice side of things relative to uh, what's been going on the last couple thousand years. 
the sum total is what will be the decision by the Melech HaMashiach at the end of time. So this Medrash is very telling, and we're very close to this man, so Kedaida, listen to this. Davar Acher, and I say on page 8. Medrash Rabban, Parshas Truma, Parsha Lamed Hay. I say, Davar Acher, Sisa Es HaKrashim, Maksiv Lamala, Zaysa Truma, Shetichem Eitam. It's not a coincidence that all these drushes are about the Avodah and the Mikdash, because the Spitz Mount of Kedusha is the Mikdash. Mishkan and the Mikdash. So whatever is the antithesis of that, whatever is the Mokarat Tumah, doesn't belong. And that's why this is going to be very noteworthy. So, Next page, So now, the Medrash Darshans. If you didn't have the whole background from last night with Ramban, with the knives, and with the Barzal, and with Esav, you wouldn't... You'd be very, very surprised to see this as it is. We're going to be surprised. So they, the Medrash Darshans. Zav Zubavl. So if you're familiar, even a very quick cursory review without going into Daniel, which is, Daniel is very, very difficult to read and even more difficult to understand. The whole thing is shrouded in mystery and locked, basically, because it has the secrets of the gula and the process and when. So that's why it's basically a locked safer. So people think it's locked because you start reading the Aramaic and you start breaking your teeth. It's not even similar to the Aramis exactly in the Gemara. Uh, it was written in Aramis, took place in Bovel, but it's pretty locked. So whenever you have a drasha, you have to concentrate. We do know that um, there was a very bad dream or nightmare. We interpreted it, and it was basically the map of the Arba Golius. And now that we're looking with a 2,000-year vantage point, it's quite breathtaking. Mamish, like you could follow history. It was reading, and he was do- he was saying that over. He was having a nightmare about it before it happened. So it's very nice to see Navuas. All the Navuas will understand after they finish happening, but this one is uh, pretty clear. That's the head of this uh, scary creature. Please remind me, a couple of weeks, maybe we'll uh, discuss this even more. Yavan has their own unique, sinister tumor that they bring to the world, which is what Hanukkah is all about. But in terms of the sands of time and history, Esav is still going to come out ahead, if you call it that. So, so far we have three. Three types of metals and three nations. This is an unbelievable the Medrash is pointing out. He says, where's Barzal? We have a Kesef and Zav and Cheshes. Where's Barzal? So, it's going to address it and we'll try to at least take out. This is a particular Sisrei Teira. Lama, why is Barzal missing? Where's iron? Shanin Shabo Edaim, that's Esav. Shechriva Beis HaMikdash. They destroyed the Beis HaMikdash. They're not going to get mentioned but talk of this Pasuk is the Drash and Truma about the Ndavas they brought. And Klaithol was very generous and they brought Nechayshes and Kesev Azov. Where's the iron? So if you would have asked me without this measure, I would have said, they didn't bring iron. Who wants to look at it? That's cheap. It's like everybody else is yelling out $100. He yells out $10. Or they didn't really bring it because, well, what are we discussing last night? It was the Iron Age already, but still wasn't that Benimsa. And people had jewelry. So that's Kesev and Zav and Nechayshes. Well, Apparently, I would have said that. It's a good thing I didn't because the major shows that's not the shot. 
the Pshad is that it's a remez that we all know who Barzil is and we know what it represents and what Tumut represents and we don't want them to have any association with Binyan Habayas because they're going to destroy it. Adam Shachriva Beisamitish Lametcha Shemikol Malchiyas Yekabal Kosh Baruch Hu Darim Lasalava You hear this? Lasalava Abbey's going to be scrambling you know the first thing in Avad Azar all the Umas are going to say we built the GW Bridge and we built Route 9 so they can get to Lakewood quicker and they built the GW Bridge so they get to Muncie Abbey's going to Yeshiva and they're going to Brooklyn they're going here they're going there Kavaldik, and it's all true. They did build it for that, but that wasn't the reason they built it. They built it as the Malcolm Mashiach is going to tell them. You did it to collect tolls, and you built uh, Shukim for for pritzes and uh, to make money and for your own covet. And that wasn't the reason you built it. So everybody knows that Kamar. This medrash tells you that the Umas Elam are going to come, and some of them are actually going to bring things that are going to be accepted, except for Esav. Shemikal Malchus Yikabakash Baruch Hu Darin Lasalavoi. Now you're all asking, we're about to ask the obvious kasha, and that is, didn't Bavel destroy the base of Mekdish? Like the first? So we're saying they're in the list, and Esav's not in the list. Hare Bavel, Afi, top line, Echriva, Aisai, Ella, Al-Shalai, Asai, they didn't raise it to the ground and dig up the foundation. This medrash is something we have to come back to to do even slower, but Bavel's pretty bad. And they did it with glee, and they didn't like us. But they didn't do the same damage and uprooting to erase the name of Akash Baruch and get rid of Yiddishkeit and the Jewish people forever. Meaning it was there and they wanted to get rid of it. And therefore, it talks about all the donations and all the things they used to build it, and Barzal is not found. Shemeshulim boy Edon. Because Barzal represents Esav. So the first part of the message says, Akash Baruch is not going to accept them. Whatever that means, we can accept Gerim from Esav. Shailu, you can accept Gerim from Amalek. That's Machlech Yisrael. Shailu, Machlech Yisrael, I'm the Ravid. Lots of love, you can't accept any Gerim after the dust settles because everybody wants to be Jewish because they'll see the MS. That's too late for everybody. But otherwise, you don't see a chili between Esau and everybody else. Here, this measure says, Hashem is not going to accept them fully and to some degree. And the Malach Mashiach is going to be instructed, apparently, who's going to understand that he shouldn't accept any gifts from them. And they're going to line up, and Mitzrayim is going to want to bring, and they're going to be nervous. And if I were Mitzrayim, I'd also be nervous. Because after you butchered and killed and threw the Zacharim in the yard, and then you try to bring a present, we really liked you guys, just were in a bad mood. That might not go over very well. So it's going to go through Mitzrayim and the other nations, then get back to Esau. We still have what to cover and bring it full circle to what's going on now. Mitzrayim, we will do that tomorrow night.